Hi, and welcome to episode 156 of No Crying in Baseball, the I Have to Learn How to Pronounce a Rosarena episode. My name's Patty, and I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Hi, Potty Mouth. How'd I do? I, I'm going to say, I was just thinking, you did pretty well. I think you did better than the announcers. That was definitely, you know, something I was thinking out throughout all of the games while watching Tampa. Well, you, you know, you were texting me and I saw some posts, like they've got to learn how to pronounce this. And I thought, uh-oh, how am I saying it wrong? Tell me, teach us, teach us. We'll, we'll get there. Actually, why okay. don't I wait? We save that for when we talk about him because right. I have a lot to say about him because he's really cool. Yeah, he is really cool. I think you've got a boyfriend picked out. Yeah, I think so. On today's show. Poetic justice, momentum and magic lose to strong and steady, watching the postseason in the time of COVID, the dismantling of the minor leagues, you will actually be able to hear my heart break about my first baseball boyfriend, and as always, international baseball. First, to, to quote the great David Ortiz, I have to say, the Yankees lose. That's <laughs> totally one of my favorite like video clips of Ortiz on on uh, ESPN with that announcement, which we can use again. So I've got to pull that out and keep replaying it. They're the only ones with the Rays who made it to five games of the first five game series. So that was kind of nice of them to give us some extra baseball. So thank you, Yankees, for that. And it was an excellent game to watch. Oh, my gosh. I loved watching that game. It was. And it was actually the one that I paid most attention to. I do have kind of this love-hate thing with watching Yankees games. Like, I get drawn into it, then they start doing well, then I start getting cranky. But this one, I figured, you know, at this point of the year also, the idea is to maximize the baseball that you're watching. So now that there are fewer games to choose from, I feel more compelled to watch each one that there is. And we talked last week about the Yankees being one of the teams that had a lot of momentum going in. So even though they didn't, they weren't seated as high as their opponents, they had, they were on just a bullet train coming into the playoffs. And so I was scared. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I mean, seeing the home run off of Garrett Cole was a little bit good, but then it was tied one to one, you know, huge pitchers duel going on there until the eighth inning home run by Mike Brasso. And and I keep wanting to say Brasso. It like it looks it's definitely a French origin. Yeah, I want to I want to hockey the heck out of it. It to, that's it. He's yeah, that's absolutely it. But he says Brasso and I saw a cool video of him riding to Fenway Park, which is I'll put the link for the notes cuz it was kind of nice when he first got brought up. So Brasso got a home run off of Chapman, which is, you know, the guy that we like to see, one of the the pitchers that we most like to see home runs get hit off of because he is on our never gonna be a boyfriend list for being an asshole. And it was a 3-2 count when he hit the homer. It started off 0-2. Talk about pressure on this kid Brasso. It was uh, the 10th pitch also. He had a bunch of fouls, which is the most that ended up as a home run off of Chapman. Like when he gets, when he throws that many pitches, it usually ends up not so bad. And it was a hundred point two mile an hour fastball. That's crazy. So much better that it wasn't aimed at his head this time. Yeah. So that's, that's definitely like the sweet revenge part. So that goes back to the beginning of September when Chapman was actually suspended for a couple of games for throwing at this same guy's head. And it was one of those benches clearing kerfuffles that we talked about several episodes again ago. And both managers were actually suspended for a day because of it. And so it's poetic that this kid, Brasso, comes back, gets this heroic home run, you know, against all odds and and wins the game and brings, you know, Tampa one step further in this series. Revenge is sweet, man. This is what we keep saying. It's like, you know, don't swing at guys. First, don't throw at their heads. But if you get your head yeah. thrown at, don't swing back. Swing at the ball and hit it out of the park. And it was, you know, it was a dish best served cold, but it was served at exactly the right time. Yeah. And that's totally what you have to hope for. And the other thing that's sweet about it is you know, not too many people know about Brasso. So there's a lot of who is this Brasso guy? Turns out that he, in 2016, when he was picked up by the Rays, he was a non-drafted free agent. So he went to a small university and played in, um, oh shoot, I think I didn't write it down. I think it was Michigan, but he didn't get drafted out of college or out of high school. And so he was sort of hoping against hope. He's the exact kind of guy who would not be making it in the system that is starting nowadays, which 
totally sucks. And he actually said, though, that, well, who knows, that the revenge aspect wasn't on his mind. I'm sure that the only thing on your mind at that point is smashing the ball and winning the game. But looking, you know, go back and look at all the interviews with him. He seems like a super sweet guy. And and as I said, the video from when he first came up in um, so 16, he was single A, seven, he, he worked up sort of sequentially, single A, double A, triple A. And then in 19, that's when the video is from when he first got brought up to the Rays. If you might remember that Chapman is got a pattern going here because this is how the Astros won last year with a home run off of Chapman. And there's an interesting interview with Chapman where he was kind of put on the spot. Like, how do you feel? Well, what do you expect him to say? I feel like shit. I mean, I gave up a home run, but he also sort of said that, you know, I'm a closer on this high level team. If it's going to get to that, it's often going to be me. And I just have to learn how to deal with it. I don't know. The Rays are pretty good trolls, though. They had the New York songs going in the dugout, you know, New York, New York. G-Man Choi, first base, gets extra credit for stomp for for trolling early for the Astros. It's like pre-trolling. Pre- yeah, they're to- I think, which makes me feel good. You know, I think they're set for this series. Total pre-trolling. And the the big byline there is that the Rays are the 28th in payroll and the Yankees are number one. So maybe we all need to rethink a little bit about what it means to be a good team. The winning pitcher, Tyler Glasnow, actually, I think he does get win. He opened. Did he actually get the win? I'm, I'm trying to remember how many innings he stayed in. I do not know. Yeah, so the Rays kind of confused me with stuff like this. But I just wanted to mention Glasnow because of the hair. I'm also kind of wondering about Cole's hair. Cole had some curls hanging, some very long for a Yankee curls hanging out from the back of his cap. I wonder if they have like a COVID dispensation or something. Oh, yeah. I don't don't know. I can't imagine they would because they have their own barbers. Yeah. Or maybe just it's Cole and he gets to do what he wants. Maybe like the facial hair is the hard line and his curls weren't that long, but they were nowhere as near as long as Tyler Glasnow's sort of mane. And in an adorable chat that I saw on Twitter that was started by Colin McHugh's wife, who referred to his looks in sort of a, a, a complimentary way <laughs> um, and said that her husband would understand. And then Aaron Dolan chimed in. Aaron Dolan, the wife of John Do- Sean Doolittle, for those of you who are not in the know. <laughs> and, and who was the next person who, who chimed in. And I think it was Doolittle who called Glass now the, the Disney prince. So he's that, got that, that kind of That will look. work for me. I, I, I agree. So that's how they won. And I, I just have to say, yay. And the other thing that I want to talk about with this series just a little bit is that guy, Arosarena. Arosarena. Yep. Did I just do it? Yeah, Is, is it about rolling the R's that they weren't doing or? Arosarena. I think it's it's a little bit of the R and it's a little bit of the Z not being as, as harsh as it is as in English. It's, it's kind of softer like an S and... I don't know. It just said, so here's what I heard when I heard the the guys announce it. I heard a Rosarena. That's what I heard. And I say a Rosarena. That's because, you know, you you are highly trained and bilingual as opposed to, you know, a gringo <laughs> mm-hmm. sports commentator who, right. you know, should practice because they're going to be saying, Arosa, I can't do it now, a Rosarena, right? A lot. Yeah. A lot. Oh, yeah. Well, it, I mean, that's how I noticed is because his name kept get coming up because he kept getting hits and home runs, right? I think I'm, I'm trying to check out my notes real fast. I'm pretty sure that he got homers in the first couple of games. Um, yeah, in the first inning. That's right. So he hit a first inning home run in games one and game two. One of those was off a of Cole. And then he waited until the fifth inning in game three to hit his home run. So they're calling him maybe the new Mr. October, which is a little bit of a dig at the Yankees. Even more, he was he's batting 600 in the postseason. Like, what kind of human being does that? But the real reason why, well, actually, there's two reasons. So there's there's the soft and squishy reason why I should pick him as my baseball boyfriend, and that is that he has one of those beautiful immigration stories that they told during one of the games where he left Cuba to, to earn money to send back to his parents, and he was in Mexico for a year playing ball, and then, you know, he made it. So that's baseball boyfriend material. But the real potty mouth baseball boyfriend material is in the dance-off that he had against his teammate, Brett Phillips, that you must see, because there have been two so far. Interestingly, he lost the first one. 
The second one, though, is the one to catch. And now because there's a tie, I have my hopes high that there's going to be a third. But these are some smashing dance-offs that I can recommend to everybody. And and let me just say that this – I am now pro-Rays instead of, well, mm-hmm. they're not the Yankees. I am now actively pro-Rays, not just because I have reasons to dislike really everybody else remaining, but that dance-off, the celebrating, the joy – there was yeah. so much joy among in that team. And that's what I want to see. I don't want to see smug. I don't want to see, well, of course we won because blah, blah, blah. I want to see joy. I love playing this game. We played this game great. We won. Yay. Hooray us. A hundred percent agree with you. A hundred percent agree with you. I think the world is a better place because the Rays won. On the other end, though, I am super sad about the Padres. Oh, me too. Me too. This is where we had the loss of magic. Magic yep. did not prevail. And to and to have to lose against the Dodgers, I would imagine for for Padres fans, that hurts a little bit extra. I was trying to uh explain why I didn't feel so good about the Dodgers these days. It's Mr. Bodymouth. He thought I was we were a little harsh on the Dodgers last week. And I thought, well, I I think it was because of the matchup. I think it was because that I was pulling so hard for the Padres with one possible small exception. And that is that I just can't get over my feelings about Manny Machado. And it, and it's not the flashy stuff. I'm fine with flash. I like bat flips. I like voicing yourself. But there's just something about Machado that brings it a little bit, I don't know, into the, into the not fun stage. In uh, game two, in the sixth inning, he got a home run off Kershaw, which, yes, is huge for celebrating. He should celebrate. He bat flipped. He totally deserved that. That was totally up and up, pro bat flip pro getting a home run. And then in the top of the seventh, there's that that famous Bellinger stealing Tatis Jr.'s home run, which is pretty remarkable. I mean, I think that also deserves accolades, right? It was remarkable. It was an amazing play. More about Bellinger when you're done. <laughs> okay. So uh, then it when there was a relief pitcher, Gratterall, who very bad tangent should have been on the Red Sox this year. And they were too stupid to take him because, uh, because he didn't pass a physical, but anyway, he's doing really well with the Dodgers. And because of that Rob, no, that was his pitch. So he threw the pitch. I totally should have gotten this straight before starting this story. He threw the pitch that Bellinger caught that, Rob the home run off of Tatis. So Gratterall is the one who has the reason to be super happy about that. And I guess he expressed it like really exaggerated. The quote that I saw was that he threw his hat and glove in the air, ran around the infield, thumping his chest and saluted Bellinger with a double fingered point, which maybe is a little bit excessive, right? Have fun. Have fun. What does it hurt? Right. What does it hurt? That is the bottom line. Definitely. What does it hurt? So here I am going on to Dodgers camp because I guess the the last straw, though, that broke the camel's back is when he pointed toward Manny Machado, who apparently was on base and blew a kiss at him. See, that's too far. That's my line. That's my line right there. That's like, "Mm -mm." because now now you're addressing it at an individual. Yeah. You've made it not celebrating this cool thing. You are you are mocking an individual. I guess I kind of draw the line between the lightheartedness of it and the anger part. So I don't. I have more an issue with Machado's reaction, surprisingly, because I think he, he the words he chose are fine. Within seven seconds, there was one motherfucker, three fuck yous, and an I'll be waiting for you. I love that you just said that language was fine. <laughs> yes, there's well, nothing okay with fine that about that potty mouth. There's not. Well. I, I, so the problem that I have with it is being like directed at him, you know, like, I don't know. Well, that's yeah. because the kiss was directed at him. I mean, the picture right. made it personal. I mean, I don't think either of them are come out of this smelling like any daisies here. Yeah. They, they do not. I don't know. I don't appreciate it. You know, throw the thing in the air, thump your chest, celebrate Bellinger's amazing freaking catch. But when you get personal with the guy, mm-mm. Nope. No, thank you. Don't like it. Unfortunately, for for Machado anyway, he grounded out when he had his opportunity to show something. I kind of think that like that's where it should get settled. Like you either strike somebody out, get somebody out or you hit the ball. Yeah. And that's how you settle the conflict. See poetic justice above. Right. Right. That's it. Exactly. So here's my thing about Bellinger right now. Okay. I was pro Bellinger for a while. 
you know, we were yeah. like kidding around about like the, you know, the, the BMX boys and like, you know, all these young kids on the Dodgers and they're really fun to watch. Bellinger is starting for me personally. And I think I need a little bit of therapy for this. He's starting to cross into the entitled looking guy to me. Gotcha. And MLB TV commercials did this to me. You know, I watched a lot of games on MLB TV and they, they were interspersing like in these breaks, they would have highlights from, from important games. And they had this one of Bellinger where he hit an important home run, walk off home run. And his bat flip was a, look at me. I did that Lottie da kind of look. And I looked at him differently. Mm-hmm. I totally embrace a Tatis black bat flip, uh, a Cunha Jr. bat flip because they're like they're joy. His was yeah, ha. and 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 that it just struck me. And all of a sudden, I'm like, well, shit, I liked you, and now I don't, and I'm basing it on a freaking commercial. Clearly, you are immensely talented, and all, I, I just feel like you, you sort of crossed this line into making it be about. I, I deserve this. I'm entitled to this because of my, my, you know, my, my internal greatness, as opposed to woohoo, something great happened for our team. Yay. I did that. My team's, you know, it's, it's cool. It just doesn't seem exuberant. It seems, I don't know. It's such a fine line. It's so hard because like, that's the argument that a lot of people use against bat flips is that you shouldn't be showboating. You shouldn't be like all about me. It's, it's so hard how to interpret and not, you know, and, and not Tatis or Acuna. It's weird. Just his, his attitude just, and it's just this clip. It's this clip. There's no context. There's no anything. And so that's why I'm, I'm admitting my bias up front. We'll see what happens (laughs) when I watch the Dodgers continue to play because that matchup, I've got two teams that. I like individuals. Um, this, this is the upcoming matchup between Atlanta and right. the Dodgers. I like individual people on both of those teams, but I can't say woohoo, I've got a team. Like, I've got a, I don't have a dog in this fight. I have uh-huh. some players that I like. And so we'll see if something emerges while I'm watching. If I suddenly like, yeah. you know, go over to one side or the other, but. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's, you know, that's where our whole baseball boyfriend sort of litmus test comes in, right? So these are guys that we choose because they give off good vibes to us, basically. They're the guys that we think we connect with for something cool. And it's, it's in the, maybe it's in the eye of the beholder of the boyfriend of. Yeah. I mean, like, for instance, like the, the personality that came out with Bellinger when he and Yelich were in those commercials together about like who's going to get MVP. That had joy. Yeah. You know, that had friendly competition and it was fun and that was okay. So I don't know. I'm just want to admit my bias up front. We'll see what happens. I think that's fair. And we're, we'll totally see what happens in the rest of the games. I mean, you know, as far as predictions, I think, I think you probably have the best chance of keeping your original prediction. I had the Padres in the World Series. So at this point, I have to go raise Dodgers is what I think will happen. Yeah, that's that's been my that's what I think will happen from the beginning, and that's never what I wanted to happen. But um, I'm currently wearing my respect Cleveland T-shirt, which came a week after they were eliminated from the playoffs. Because it, you know, but now that it's here, damn it, I'm wearing it. But I'm I'm pro raise. It's going to be a hard road. I think it's going to go seven. I think it's going to go yeah. seven. They're they're all, f- and, and and that's I'm already talking World Series. But even right, right, yeah. So so here's what's happening this week, right? We've got two ser- seven game series with no breaks, but all four teams have pitching. They're deep. All four teams have bats. So I don't see like an inherent weakness. I mean, it's going to be the pitching decisions are going to be hard because of no way to rest arms. Yeah, absolutely. And so the other two teams that we haven't talked about yet are the Astros moving along and Atlanta moving along, and. With Atlanta, you know, there's definitely a lot of sympathetic characters that we adore. I think the only reason why I wouldn't be like gung ho for Atlanta to win the whole thing is I think they need to change their name first. Yep. You know, it's yep, just I think you, you do things in order and that's the order things have to happen. Well, I have that and, and a longstanding grudge. But other than that, I like the guys. <laughs> Yeah, but they're great guys, and I'm super looking forward to seeing them play. And, yep. you know, if they win, I'm not going to be crushed. It's, you know. It's it's all right. Um, the other team, though, the Astros, the only thing I can say about them is I, I do enjoy seeing more hair time for Guriel because his brother, who I was d- really enjoying his hair on the Toronto Blue Jays, you know, they got cut out too early. So I, Baby Pina. Yeah. 
Yeah, baby pina. So the big pina, the, the hair is really majestic. It's something to behold. It so is I'm very pro hair there. Pro hair there. I like it. So can I talk about how people are going to be watching these games? I mean, we're going to be yeah. watching, you know, on, on screens because screens are what we have. And actually Dodgers fans can drive into the enormous parking lots around Dodger Stadium for $75 a car wow. and watch on 60 foot screens. They've got to, you've got to stay in your car. So this is all COVID. So these are all the rules based on being in the, in the COVID-19 world we live in right now. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the Dodgers are like, yeah, we can make money on this, but we can also have community together. Right. I mean, I was watching games that were happening um, when Atlanta was the home team and all these people were gathering out on the plaza and they were just hanging out with no masks and no distancing. and It was making me itchy. So I'm happy mm. to see that the Dodgers are. I mean, I don't know how they're going to enforce this, right. but it's going to be like a drive in movie. You stay in your car. The sound's going to be on a radio station. you got 60 foot screens, but you can be near other fans, which is pretty cool. The uh, Petco Park had a big fundraiser for the ALCS, which they're hosting, where fans could buy cutouts for, I think, $75 and $50 of that was going to stand up to cancer, which, you know, as you know, is, is, oh, is nice. yeah, it's, it's, it's the big charity that, that you always see like in the World Series mm -hmm. and, and throughout the playoffs. And that period is over. All those have been sold. I don't know if they have like one per seat, but they sold a boatload, They you know, over a period of time. And so though the teams playing there, the American League teams are going to be playing in front of these cutouts. But Texas, Texas is the whole thing, right? So Globe Life Park, the brand new ballpark in Arlington said, yeah, we want fans. And, you know, Major League Baseball said, yeah, we want fans. And the Texas health departments at various levels said, sure, go ahead and have fans, even though COVID numbers are spiking in and around Arlington, Texas, go ahead and have fans. So here's how they're going to do it. They're selling 28% capacity. So for each Holy game, shit. so for each game, 11,500 11, tickets, about, about 900 and some of those will be in suites and the rest will be in seats. The seats are being sold in pods of four, like continuous seats of four. And they say, you have to sit with people that you live with, like people in your pod, how they're going to enforce that. Right. I don't know. Those pods will be at least, at least six feet apart and there will be no seats sold. That would be 20 feet from anywhere near a player can be not near the dugout, not near the bullpen, not near like n nowhere near the edges. It's got to be at least 20 feet back. So they're trying to protect the bubble ish part. That's a good thing anyway. So there will be between 200 and 250 staff because there'll be ticket takers and concession people and parking attendants and all that. So there's another 200 and some people, right? So they are doing concessions. They are doing concessions. You can't bring food in because that would be unsafe. Huh. But they're going to sell food. Now it's all going to be cashless. So you've got to use your Apple Pay or your ATM or whatever. They have what they call a reverse ATM. So if you don't like if you don't have an ATM card with you, you can like feed money in and get a card that you can then use at concession stands, <laughs> which is, you know, wow. if, if you're going to require no cash, mm -hmm. that's a good way to do it. Some of it will be like contact free. Some of it will be like prepackaged things, but not all of it. Right. You will be required to wear a mask unless you are actively eating or drinking. Good luck enforcing that among 11,500 people. And here's the other thing. This is a neutral site, right? The people who live in Arlington aren't going to see the Rangers, right? They're going to oh, see right. what well, this is. They're going to see the Dodgers and they're going to see the Atlanta team. People are going to travel. You know, people are traveling to do this. Mm -hmm. So they're bringing whatever they're bringing from their airplanes and their cars and their hotel stays on the road and everything into the ballpark. And you might say, okay, well, my pot of four is for family members, but two of them just flew in from Atlanta. Yeah. You didn't check to see if we really do live together. I just promised we did. I mean, it's my brother and his wife, but they, right. they flew in from this, right? So there's all of these wild card things and major league baseball is not checking anything like you know how um i don't remember if it's if it's um the cppl or if it was um if it was korean baseball where they were like getting your inform like contact information yeah both of them both right? of them when it first started mlb said oh no we're not going to ask any private health information from attendees oh, if contact tracing not. has to be done don't worry the county health department will take care of that we're not going to get involved after everybody takes off to go back to atlanta and la and all that stuff uh-huh they have sold out four 
of the seven NLCS games. There's still tech, still some tickets available between like forty and two hundred and fifty dollars for the other three. Um, the whole World Series is sold out. So sorry if you didn't get your tickets yet. Sorry, you can't fly into this um, super spreader event to be. I'm still stuck at the at the being able to eat at your seats because even, you know, CPBL and KBO didn't have that. Like you eat at the concession place, not at your seats like that. There's one level of stop that. But, but also like the, the whole encouraging people to get up and walk around and mingle. Mm. I mean, great. You're seated six feet apart. Right. That's super. But if you're going to be going back and forth to concessions and like you're going to stand in line for a bathroom. Tell me how that's going to work. So, okay, so I'm sorry. I'm a little bit um, spinning out of control, but I'm horrified. I'm horrified. I hope people don't get sick. I hope they don't, but I can't imagine how they can't. I don't blame you. You know, the last week, I think, is when I said that the Patriots weren't playing because Cam Newton had just mm-hmm. gotten COVID and, and they're not playing tomorrow because more folks have COVID. And the Tennessee Titans are going down as well as not playing because of continued COVID issues. So this is serious stuff, people. Yeah. And, you know, the baseball saying, well, we've kept it, you know, under control, which is true. They, they, after the initial mayhem, they really did, you know, keep it down to almost no players, almost no staff getting infections, but that's the people in the bubble. You're bringing in the fans who are not in your bubble. The, you know, NFL, they don't have bubbles really. So, you know, there's all this interaction. So it's going to happen. This is, this is how things work, people. Yeah. Yikes. I like the drive-in concept. Like the drive-in, that's a good way for dealing with that. So yay LA. And actually some minor league parks are doing that as a thing, as either a drive-in or a hangout on the outfield, totally spaced apart and watch a movie. So a a shout out to our local Harrisburg senators, the Nats affiliate in Pennsylvania, for having a movie night this weekend where you get to hang out on the outfield. I want to do that. Although it's raining like anything right now. So. Yeah, so maybe that doesn't happen now, but maybe there'll be more. Yeah. Maybe there'll be more. So minor leagues, we talk about them regularly because of their importance to communities and also the danger that they are in. Their survival is being threatened by Major League okay. Baseball. And sure enough, the dismantling has begun. The agreement between minor league ball and Major League Baseball ran out on September 30th. So now things are happening. Some of the things that are happening are the minor league offices in Florida are no longer. They're now part of the major league offices in New York. And the minor leagues are now a branch of major league baseball. They are, quote, licensed affiliates of major league baseball. So they are no longer their own thing, right? So major league baseball has control. We had talked before about how major league baseball intended to shed a lot of teams, and the ways in which they were going to shed these teams, at least 40 teams. Well, the first group of teams to go are the 10 teams in the Appalachian League. We love the Appalachian League because, you know, that's the home of the Pulaski Yankees, the only Yankees team ever endorsed by Noah Crying in baseball. (laughs) That's right. So here's what's happening with that league. They were the first that MLB announced would be part of the prospect development pipeline, which are a lot of big words to describe a partnership between Major League Baseball and USA Baseball, you know, the national team. But what it really means is college wooden bat league. It means high caliber, quote, high caliber baseball and future major leaguers who are rising freshmen and sophomore players. That means people graduating high school right now are playing in this league. This is this is wow. right. That that's how and I, and I, there are young players making the majors, and we get that. But it's very important to say these are no longer minor league teams. These because they are working with USA Baseball for national teams, like national college teams, they have to stay within NCAA guidelines to make sure these players remain eligible to play for their college teams, and that means they don't get paid. So they're no longer like the rookie level or the short season, like the beginning level, the entry level minors. They are a no pay league. And their pipeline that they're saying, their pipeline to the majors is going to be, oh, don't worry, scouts will come and see them. 
So much for grow the game. Who the fuck can afford to do that, right? Just the kids who have been toted around for travel ball their whole lives, and so their parents can support them a little bit longer, but so much for expanding the game to populations who can't afford shit like that. So what happens with these college bat leagues, like what happens with our local one, is the team puts out a call for families who have an extra bedroom that can put these guys up. Right. I mean, now now they're going to be depending. I mean, and some minor league teams did that, too. I'm not not and minor league teams didn't pay very much at all. More about that in a minute. But yeah. there's no pay. There's no pay. So this is going to be completely yeah. dependent on the community welcoming them in. So here's some of the things they're doing to make sure the community buys into this. They're rebranding. So all of so the 10 teams in the Appalachian League are losing their names, right? You can't be the Pulaski Yankees, for instance, anymore. Or, oh my or remember the, the Greenville Reds. You know, we, we right. interviewed the GM of the Greenville Reds. They're part of this too. They're now a wooden bat league. They can't be the Reds anymore. They can't be the Yankees anymore because they are no longer minor league teams associated with these major league teams. So there's rebranding to come up with new names and logos that reflect the communities, reflect you know, images and icons that are important to those communities. Well, great. And Calfee Park, for instance, in, in Pulaski is a gorgeous facility. And anybody's lucky to play there. And that community will still go to those games because that's what they do to have fun. And it's a great place to go. And people like Betsy do their damnedest to make sure they have moves on the outfield and giveaways and special events and things that involve the community to make it special. But you can't hide the fact that you're getting kids fresh out of high school that you're not paying to play baseball in front of you. And you can't tell me that's the same caliber that they had last year. It's not. I go to these games. It's fun to watch these guys. Yeah. But it is not by any stretch the same as having a minor league team. Not even close. That just makes me so sad for the community. Just because, you know, if you put so many years into being behind a team, you have all the gear. It's so crappy. Speaking of the gear, if you still want some. <laughs> All of these teams, well, I know for sure the Pulaski Yankees are having fire sales because they're not going to be that team name anymore. So you can get a lot of nice T-shirts for 10 bucks should you want to. So, you know, if you want to help out those local teams one last time, feel free to do a little bit of shopping. Go to the fire sale. Here's the other thing that happened in the world of minor league baseball this week. There has been a class action suit against Major League Baseball brought on by the minor leagues for years about the level of pay. And just this past week, the Supreme Court has said, we're going to allow this to proceed as a class action. We recognize wow. these minor league players, past and present, as a class. So we will hear this in 2021 about minimum wage for minor league players, right? This was filed in February of 2014, and they're finally getting around to this level of it. But any player that has been in the minor league since 2009 can join the suit. It's like when Ticketmaster sent you that email and said, hey, you yeah. went to a concert six <laughs> years ago. You know, do you want you want to get in here? So I don't know how this will change. It, it, will this change at all based on the fact that these minor league teams are going to be treated differently? The major league said, hey, but we've committed to paying more. Like they've upped some weekly salaries by 100 bucks, depending on your league, still all below the poverty level. So still limiting either who's allowed to play, who can afford to eat because they have help from their family or they got a signing bonus mm -hmm. or they're also working three jobs besides training, right? So this is trying to address that a little bit. So stay tuned on that. There will be more, there'll be some baseball at the Supreme Court level starting next year. Our pal Trevor Bauer has been very pal. active on Twitter. <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna go with pal. We're gonna go with pal. All we're right, with pal. We can do that. Yeah, I, had, I had I had like a an inflection when I said it. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. I didn't say our best yeah, friend. Yeah. I said so. I've been thinking that it's sort of a new game. Like, where in the world is Carmen Trevor Bauer? Yeah, because he keeps posting these tweets about. Well, like last week, you noted he had a plane ticket to Boston, and then recently we saw he had a what's fun to do in D.C. and just. Like the day after that, yesterday, I think, said, hey, Baltimore is really cool and this, this this ballpark is terrific. And so he's been working it, right? I don't know if yeah. he's – has he really been traveling? Maybe he's really been going to these places to have some preliminary talks. But in addition, he's also sweet-talking a lot of – like he complimented Garrett Cole, who he hates because you don't want to burn that bridge with the Yankees. 
right? He complimented, Ooh. he was all about Acuna, right? Like hitting home runs and flipping mm -hmm. his bat saying, this is how you get back at that guy who threw at your head before, because that happened between the Marlins and the Atlanta team before Acuna got hit multiple times over the past season or two. But so he's like calling out specific players on specific teams about, hey, this was cool. This was great. This is what we like to see. It really feels like he's just leaving it all open. Like I can fit in anywhere. Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. He's teasing everybody. And I think that's it. He wants to have some sort of record contract out there. And oh, I sure. think he's letting it know that he will go where the money is. You're going to make me cry now. I'm so mad and so sad, but we have to do this. Yeah. I feel really shitty that I found out about this. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's there. Um, so our baseball boyfriends that we usually talk about around this time, because we each choose guys on different teams and we change them every year. But this came from our long history of having somebody that we looked up to like a baseball boyfriend. And even from when we were both younger and we both had that guy for me, it was Carlton Fisk when I was a kid on the Red Sox. And for you, it was Omar Vizquel. And I even started falling in love with Omar when we went to the All-Star Game in Cleveland. It was crazy. We got to have our picture taken with him. And I was shaking probably as much as you did. And he seemed very sweet and charming. And he was, you know, very generous to everybody coming up to him. And people had Venezuelan flags. Well, I follow him on Instagram. And so I recently saw his post about being getting a divorce. And it kind of struck me because it was very angry the way he was speaking and very serious. And it basically said, uh, you've probably heard to, to, you know, to, to the people who are watching him that he was in the proceedings of a divorce. He said he didn't want to hash it out online. He wanted his privacy respected basically. And that, you know, this is a difficult process. And, but that, but his tone seemed weird. He seemed really angry about it. And I texted you at the moment, like, wow, he's getting a divorce. And then I got a text from our friend Alberto who said, did you hear about Vizquel? And I said, yeah, I saw his post about getting a divorce. And he said, no, did you see his wife's post? Mm -hmm. And I hadn't. And so then he sent that to me. This is when you begin to actually hear my heart break. You can yeah. hear it happen now. This was pretty shitty. So she like straight looks into the camera looking very, um, very earnest. She notably in none of her... Uh, interviews that I've seen on this and her public appearances, she's not wearing any makeup. She looks very approachable, looks very kind of down to earth. And she said that and she called him Senor Vizquel when she referred to him and said that they were getting a divorce because he had been abusive to her for years. And they had been together for 12 years, married for six. This is Blanca. She said that it started mainly as emotional abuse and sort of belittling her. She said to the, to the point where she felt like her circle just closed in on her. She became, she isolated herself because she felt like she couldn't go out and she felt like she was being um, criticized for everything. And so she kind of went inward and I guess it all blew up. There was an incident that became violent in 2016. And I, I saw an interview that she did with, I think it was an Univision program. And afterwards, I was really trying to get these sources because during the interviews, they kept flashing things on the screen, which I really want to read. One of which was the statement that she signed after that 2016 incident saying that it was a misunderstanding, it didn't really happen. She didn't want to press charges, yeah, all of that, exactly. which we've seen before. And, it, and this shines such a big light on all those other times that we've seen it before, because you keep hearing, well, the charges were dropped. Well, she didn't press charges, you know, so it wasn't such a big deal. But she talked about the pressure that he put her under for press, for, for writing that letter, denying it all, you know, beyond dropping charges, absolutely denying it all. She said that he said he would kick her out of the house, leave her with nothing. So she caved to that and continued to put up with it for years. And she said that it was physical, sexual, and emotional abuse over this time. And the, the other thing that flashed on the screen during that interview that I really want to see was a letter from MLB to him saying that, and it was sort of like one of those, you're under investigation for this issue. Really? But yeah. 
And I would like to see that letter. I didn't have enough time to start really poking around to try to figure out how to find it, but it was on the screen in the back during the interview. I don't know. It just, it got to the point where she left. The other short piece that I saw that she put on Instagram was her and her psychiatrist, which is very intense. And it's like an hour long thing. I didn't get through the whole thing going through her years of working with a psychiatrist and getting up enough courage to come forward with this. It's just really shitty. It's just super shitty when you see somebody that you knew in a certain light and this is all coming up and we've, you know, been believing the women in the past. And I feel like she seemed very earnest that the one little part you know, and, and we can argue this too, that was in his favor. His first wife, Nicole, came out saying, she can't believe this is true. She's known Omar for 27 years. I don't know how long they were married, but she can't see him doing the kind of things that he's being accused of. But who knows if he changed in the past 12 years? It's all like, I don't know. I don't so, know okay. So, so here's me. Here's mm -hmm. me running through all the emotions and all the decisions that people make on how to hear the information. Right. Right. And it's super hard. It is super hard. Right. One of the interesting things was I could not find any English language news coverage of this, which is surprising to me. So I, you know, did I saw the links that you posted in Google translate is my friend and it's mm -hmm. not great, but it gets the gist going. And, and I found some additional things no English language news. One of the points of view of one of the things I read referred to this as a stumbling block on Vizquel's way to Cooperstown. And I'm like, yeah. hey, let's not even talk about that right now. Can we just focus on what's happening? Let's focus on the relationship. That's irrelevant. That's right. irrelevant. You know, there was one of the in the interviews that I saw, um, they asked her that. And she was like, how do I, like, is this going to get in the way of his Hall of Fame? And are you concerned about that? And she basically said, I don't know. You know, I'm not a baseball expert. That's not my, yeah. my thing to talk about right now. So here are all the things that went through my heart. Aww. Not all of them, because there were a lot of them. One of them was, you're going to bring your psychiatrist online for an interview. Right. That's weird. That's icky. That's unpleasant. And the other part of me is like, believe women, yeah. believe women. I mean, it's not, if you're, if you're getting it, like, this isn't going to help or hurt with a divorce. This just makes it messy. Right. You know, just what I'm, what I mean by that is you wouldn't have said this just because you wanted a better deal with your divorce. So there must, it must be, there must be truth to this. That's my point. I'm not like saying no, I'm saying, oh, you know, I, I believe that something happened. I couldn't even find stuff about the 2016 incident. In Washington, it was Washington State. It was in the United States, and I could—I mean, because probably because she withdrew it. Yep. Yeah, and that's why I want to see that the letter itself was in the background, so somebody has that letter, like it was in the background while she was talking. And you know, and then you know, believing women, I want to believe that what Nicole said right. is true for her. She wasn't in there in that relationship with with you know with, it's a Blanca Blanca and mm -hmm. so like she can't speak to what happened between them. I mean she can give context for with me this is how it was and I want I believe her and I want to believe her, but yeah. it still doesn't affect what would have happened between Omar and his second wife. It doesn't, and so it's like yay I'm glad I'm glad that you had a good relationship, but still and so I'm I'm itchy and I'm sad and I'm drinking right now. Well, you know, I drink right now during the podcast anyway, but still, but I, you know, I, I want to wear my Omar Vizquel t-shirt proudly and I, I got to let this settle out and see what actually happens. I mean, I don't want Blanca to be taking shit and I hear she is mm -hmm. online oh, because people love Omar. And so don't you say bad things about Omar. That's unfair. So there's, I, I wish that none of this was public. Yeah. I really do. Except that if he did this, there should be consequences. So, yeah. so yeah. So yes, yeah, so I does need, I, I don't know. This is, it's a lot easier when it's, you know, when it's Addison fucking Russell and I don't care. Right. I don't have like a deep seated love. And it's like, oh man, I don't like having to like look inside so much because it's, it's weird in there and it's tangled and I, I want to be a good person and I'm trying to be yeah. a good person. And I believe women. I do. I believe women. I'm, believing women right now and it breaks my heart to do so 
I, I totally, totally agree with you. It's sort of like when, when I was dealing with Verdugo coming on the Red Sox. And so that like, oh, when you hate a guy, but you love the team, what do you do? And this is just that one level more personal. And it's Omar. I it's mean, Omar. we've been talking about Omar forever. And every time we say Omar, I say, I love Omar. Yeah. me And I started doing it too. I, I really grew to love him too. And now I can, I may have to just qualify it and say, I love Omar, the ball player. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. which is fair. And that sucks. I do feel like that whole thing of, yeah, believing her, but needing to still keep up on the story and to keep up on the information. I really want to see what happens. If, the, if Is this going to hit the English language news or we're too busy with playoffs? I'm sorry. We can't, you know, worry about this guy that was a star. Maybe it'll come up when we start talking about Hall of Fame again in January. But um yeah, well, he's he's working in Mexico now. It's big in the Mexican news, really big. He's so he's managing the Toros de, de Tijuana. I thought, they the, the, hmm? I thought they weren't playing the right Mex now. They will be soon. This is the the oh no, that they, they didn't shoot. Yeah, it's the regular season. Well, they will <laughs> whenever they play again. He will be their manager. Yeah. Maybe. I guess that's the plan. Right. Maybe. Oh, I'm oh. sad. I didn't actually cry. Yeah. I didn't, have, yeah. no tears came out. They did not dilute my large glass of red wine. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, to be continued. Can, can we move on to other international news instead of just Venezuelan heart, you know, breaking heart situations? Venezuelan heartbreak. Yeah, Venezuelan yep. heartbreak would be a rough title to the podcast, but it could be. <clears throat> Wait, I need to take a beer. I have a little bit of a itch in my throat. Take, take a beer. beer. Take a sip in my beer. Medicinal. I got to I got to take some red wine because there are <laughs> yeah. in fact health, health benefits to the red wine but it's almost done so they're coming up short. So I have a lot of correcting myself to do with the CPBL report this week. Thank you to my CPBL chat friends who are very kind in helping to correct me when I fuck up like this. The the bottom line is that you all are going to know a lot more than me but not as much as I had feared when you hear this because there are two more games in the officially planned season. We are recording on Sunday night. I edit tomorrow. This podcast went, it drops Tuesday at noon, right? Tuesday at noon. So there is a game that will be played Tuesday morning and Wednesday morning. And I thought that was it. And right now, once again, the Lions and the Guardians are tied. They both Yikes. lost together and they both won together. The brothers are only down two and a half games and the monkeys are five and a half. And I thought with two games left, well, that's it. Well, it's not. There are makeup games for like rainouts and shit. Oh, yeah. This is like soccer when you think the game is over and then the refs tell you, <laughs> oh, no, no, no. We've got more time. That is totally it. That is totally it. And there's even like two levels of it. So first, there's six complete makeup games starting on Friday. And then, so that goes the 16th to the 22nd. And then a couple of days later, there's another game, which is the continuation of a suspended game that got called in the third inning. So you're saying, what, what I'm hearing is the monkeys could still take it all if they win everything. It is mathematically possible. Now, the weird thing about these makeup games, of course, is they're makeup games of what was rained out. So they're not oh. necessarily spread yeah. equally, right. but they're pretty fucking close. Um, I believe that, I think I wrote it down. Yeah, the Lions and the Monkeys are each playing three of those makeup games, and the Brothers and the Guardians are each playing four of those makeup games. One of the little things that I was playing with today is it looks like the Lions and the Guardians have more home games than the other teams do, which I think is a should be an ex, an advantage. When I was looking at the data for through the season, it's a little advantage, not that big, except for the Monkeys. The Monkeys do a lot better at home. Okay, so can I just pause and point out to our listeners that Potty Mouth just, when I was looking at the data... <laughs> And I thought my love for you could not grow any larger because it's so complete right now. And yet my heart grew. You know, you may be repairing some of the brokenness in my heart between you saying I looked at the data and the That's red so wine, funny. which has heart benefits. I think I'm going to be okay. All right. I, whatever gets you through. That's totally good. I think it's like my job, like seeping in. I've been like, you know, told so much to come up with data. Damn it. I'm coming up with data. So I'm coming up with data. So 
So we'll see. I have high hopes for the Lions, though. It's very possible that we could still get those signed baseballs. The other thing I fucked up on, though, was Lennon Co's record. Turns out that the 33 home runs is a Lions record. And I have Michael Barra from the the Baseball World podcast to thank for that because I listened to him and he's got the real the real deal. The League record is 39, so he could still get it. So I, I'm hoping that Lananco is going to keep hitting home runs and the baseball that I have will increase in value exponentially. <laughs> so that's it for the CPBO. We've got a couple more weeks to talk about it and then hopefully even longer with the Taiwan series. The KBO, I didn't realize, goes until the end of October. So I've been just like halfway, half-assing my way through this whole thing. The Dinos are still on top by five, which sounds pretty good, but they actually are on a five-game skid. They they lost the last five games. And they're still up by five? And they're still up by five. Wow. So okay. weird magic happened with numbers between last week and this week. I think they were, they were up by more than five last week, but not that much more. So I'm not quite sure how it all fleshed out. But what's happened, though, is... Once you get that five, there are now four teams that are neck and neck. So it used to be for a while, we were talking heroes, dinos, heroes, dinos. Well, now the twins are five games back. The Wiz are five and a half. The heroes are six and a half. And the bears are seven and a half. So until the end of October, somebody could upset the dinos. Please don't upset my dinos. The wyverns are not going to upset the dinos. They're still 34 and a half. And the eagles are creeping up in the wyverns, though, at 35 and a half. But some exciting potential news for KBO is they might possibly be able to try out the fan thing again. They tried it out in early August, didn't go well. Numbers in in South Korea did not stick, so they took the fans away. But the Korean government just said, I believe uh, Jiho Yu announced it yesterday, that the government is allowing 30% fans for sports, like blanket, like blanket stuff. And KBO hasn't come up with this plan on that yet. They actually had more like 25% when they tried it the first time, but who knows? Oh, and just to give a little bit of credit for my CPBL sources, sorry guys, Daniel Shi and, hmm, shoot, I should never just write initials when I think I know, not your average sports journalist. Yes, those two Twitter people who are good follows helped with my CPBL understanding. Thank you guys. So in the week to come, I'm going to be... Um trying to repair my broken heart and also distracting myself by watching I got go go raise right I'm all in for the Arosa raise arena. we're all going to be going Arosa vamos arena. arena say it with us vamos Arosa arena perfect yeah. you really? you are perfect that was perfect we I'm going to clip that that's totally that's it <laughs> I, that's it we got to send that into all those announcers you got it <laughs> I'm a gringo and I can say it you can say it come on <laughs> right? now I don't get paid to say this you do All right. So that's happening this week. Lots of baseball to watch every single night starting tonight. It's Sunday for us. So again, a couple games will be under our belts by the time you guys hear us. Um, In all of your spare time, because you know you have it, please feel free to listen to some back episodes or tell your friends if you think they'd like to hear us talk about baseball. And you should find us on social media. Hang out with us on Twitter at NCIB Podcast, Facebook and Instagram at No Crying in B-Ball. Until next time. Say goodnight, potty mouth. Good night, potty mouth. That was my last sip of beer. Perfect. 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 Good night. Good night.